0: well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs advertise with odyssey visit ads.odyssey.com your official station to talk jets the fan 1019 fm and always live on the free odyssey app download it today
1: WFAN, let's get it. It's a Tuesday night. Keep McPherson on the fan. Let me pick you up a little bit. Get your spirits up. Get your energy up a little bit. We've got five hours tonight to talk sports. Now, obviously, we know one story is dominating not just sports, but the entire news world. It's in the front of everyone's mind. It has not been 24 hours yet, but we are coming up on an official day since Monday Night Football. And seeing DeMar Hamlin be brought off the field in an ambulance. I don't know if you were listening last night, but uh, I was the first one on last night. So uh, I already did uh, 10.30 to 2 a.m. Talking about everything as we were getting information. And I just feel like tonight, you know, we can't stew in it. Uh, There's nothing we can do at this point, right? Sports are supposed to be a distraction for us. And yesterday was a... Chilling reminder of what we're watching and what can happen. Real life overtook a sport that had everyone's attention last night. There was no distraction from it. Uh, I was hurt by it. I was down last night. I didn't know exactly how to approach my show. I was supposed to be on at 12. They call the game at 10. I head to the station. I'm on at 10 30. And I did my best to be sensitive to the subject, to give as much information as I could. And, uh, you know, there's a bunch of different ways you can approach this. But this is my second show where uh, we're, we're talking about this. And I just know we're not going to do that all night. all night. There's going to be calls, of course. But, um, you know, I have to start off, obviously, again, because it's a different audience at 7 o'clock versus 1030 to 2. Uh, by saying prayers up to the young man. I feel terrible about it, honestly. I couldn't sleep last night after doing the show and reading and watching sports center and then even watching other news outlets and other places and social media cover this. This is uh something no one saw coming. And we hope never happens again. It was a act of God, not in a positive way, but in a negative way, and some positive things have come from it. But right now we're pulling for this young man. He's in critical condition. There's really not many more updates that I can share with you. If something comes through in this five hours that I'm on, of course I will. But uh, I would like to try and transition away from it. You know, it's it's obviously in our hearts and our minds. And I hope you said a prayer, and I hope you're praying for this young man and his family. But I'm I'm saying there's nothing that we can do. There's nothing uh, that we can do. It's in God's hands. So this is a sports talk show. This is sports. Talk radio. We don't have to focus on that one story. There are other stories. There are other things that I know you guys want to talk about. And I think we did give this story its proper time. And obviously, it's not going away. It's a developing story. But for tonight, uh, I just didn't want to come in and and harp on it anymore, or uh, you know, take a, a hundred calls on it. I, I did that last night. It's uh, it's it's not. Something I feel great about, I feel terrible about it. I, I shared my own experiences playing football. I, I shared my own connections and things like that. I just, I don't think we should do that again tonight with this show. Uh, I told you last night that this story would dominate all of the news coverage. That this story would dominate WFAN and anywhere else that you get in uh, get your sports information. It's just a tragic event. And no one knows uh, what's going to happen with this young man. Like I said, prayers up to him and his family, the Buffalo Bills. Um, we pray that he pulls through. But, yeah, once again, there's there's not much that we can do here. Um, there's not much more that I can say or add to this. So I will try to make you laugh at some points tonight. I will try to pick the energy up at some points tonight. I can't go through a five-hour show like I did last night for – a few hours uh just being sad and being down and and being legit traumatized by what I saw that's scary and um you know tonight we can try and shift the focus a little bit but obviously Demar Hamlin remains in our our thoughts and our hearts and uh, in our prayers so you know I said sports are a distraction right um we gotta try and move on to some other sports to distract us now from this it's the NFL. And there was a lot of people that wanted to place blame or uh, be negative yesterday and point fingers, and, and that's unfortunate. But I think the NFL handled it the best that they could. I don't really care so much about the hour that it took for them to postpone the game. They postponed the game. I think there's a lot more than people realize that goes on behind the scenes with something like that. That's not something uh, that they they need to have a time limit on that's not something that they need to even have a timer on or for you to have a timer on it's business and they're handling business we don't know when that game is going to be played if it's going to be resumed and all the focus is on Damar Hamlin and um, his recovery but in the NFL it's week 18 this is the last week of the NFL season Uh, I expect something to change with the last uh, week here the playoffs, right, because there's still some unknowns. That Monday night football game had everyone's attention. There was playoff implications, two of the best teams in the sport playing, two of the best quarterbacks playing, and I think, uh, you know, when you see someone go down like that, it, it just zaps you and brings you back to reality that, hey, this doesn't matter. doesn't matter about, you know, your, your same game parlay. It doesn't matter uh, who you bet to cover the spread. It doesn't matter... Who's going to win your Fantasy Football League championship? And I know us as as sports fans, of course, we care about that. But uh, I think that was just a moment where God stepped in and kind of zapped everyone that was so hyper-focused on other things and uh, brought us back to life. But, you know, they're still going to play Sunday. As of right now, there's still a full slate of games and games on Saturday. And here in New York, the Giants are headed to the playoffs. So we got to talk Giants tonight. I know it's hard to move on from this, but you have to start moving on. We have to start talking about other things. The New York Giants are a great story. The New York Giants are an inspirational story. And there's two different stories here in New York. When you look at where both teams were the last few years, hiring new coaches, and uh, you know people just expecting them to fail. I made the mistake of lumping the Jets and Giants in together. They weren't winning games for a little while. I'm like, neither one of these teams are playoff teams. I don't want to see them in the playoffs. Better luck next year. But the Giants got off the mat. Why? Because they have a good head coach. And he's hired good coaches. And they have a mantra, a culture. They have a way of going about their business. This year they made something from nothing. They did more with less. And I think it's important to celebrate the Giants. I think it's important for the fans to celebrate this season. The Mara family knew they couldn't go another year with Joe Judge. Gettleman was done. And so when they made the decision to pair a GM with the head coach that had a relationship already, that was a great decision. The fans screamed and yelled, we need football people. And they got them. And so now your Giants are headed back to the playoffs where we've seen them plenty of times. And we've seen them make noise when they weren't expected to make much noise. And maybe this team can make a run. When you're looking at the NFC, this isn't a strong NFC. This isn't a conference where there's a clear-cut favorite. There's injuries. There's suspect teams. And it's week to week. So I'm not counting the Giants out. I think they have the coaches that can scheme and game plan and strategize to put them in the right position to win. We'll see what happens this week against the Eagles coming up. And on the other side with the Jets, you know, Rob Sala, I don't know how you feel about the guy, but I feel like his job shouldn't be 100% guaranteed for the next season. When he says he's got to look at everything, I think they all need to look at each other and look at everything. The Jets failed. It's like the Jets kept finding new ways, right? It's like every season, how can the Jets disappoint? What can the Jets do that only the Jets do? They found a way. The story of this season is the quarterback position. Back-to-back years, they didn't have a quarterback. And they wasted a season where they were ahead of schedule with a defense that was a little better, with some draft picks and some talent and some skill positions that were a little better, better than when you look at the Giants' roster and see who they have. People look at the Jets' roster and say, hey, they have talent. But what they lacked was a quarterback, a head coach, Offensive coordinators that could scheme and plan and get it done. The the NFL, you know, the margin for victory is so small. Almost doesn't count. I feel like the Jets this season were always talking about how close they were, how they almost did this, or how they could have did that, and then it got too late. They just lost out. So now it's another season where the Jets don't make the playoffs, and I think they really have to take a hard look at everything. The defense wasn't as great as people wrote home about. They tapered off at the end, and it got embarrassing late. But what do they do next year getting some guys back healthy like AVT and Brees Hall to make sure that this team is a playoff team? They were right in it. They should have been in it, honestly, with the way they started off the season. So we'll talk Giants. We'll talk Jets tonight. The basketball in this city is starting to heat up. NBA basketball. The Brooklyn Nets have won 12 in a row. And I I know there's not that many people screaming about that, and we know the narrative around the Nets, but if you're an NBA fan, you understand that the Brooklyn Nets have two superstar players in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and they now have a coach. In this era that they've been in Brooklyn, which went from Kenny Atkinson, who they never wanted, to hiring Steve Nash for the name, a splash hire, to create some excitement, and then having to fire him, and elevate a guy that had already been an interim head coach in Jacques Vaughn. Jacques Vaughn should be a candidate for coach of the year. The Nets are 23-6 and under Jacques Vaughn. They're making noise. They've won 12 in a row, and we need to start paying closer attention to them. The Knicks were able to get a win last night as well, but I don't, I don't really know how much you can trust the Knicks. As soon as you started to believe in the Knicks winning eight in a row, they erased that losing five in a row. I think the Knicks are a team that can sneak into the playoffs if they stay healthy, but a lot has to go right for them to win. They're not there yet. Other than that, folks, the baseball stuff we can talk about, Carlos Correa posted a nice picture of his son with an I Love New York shirt on. So that's going down, right? we were on Carlos Correa watch for like two weeks. And I think I said to you when we hit the holidays, hey, this is tabled for now. We'll find out in the new year. Well... I think a public post on Instagram with your kid saying you're going to work is basically a sign of good things to come for the Mets fans that might have been worried about that. But as a Yankees fan, I'm kind of looking at Carlos Correa, Steve Cohen, and the Mets like, hey, I'm not going to forget that you stole the, the thunder from Aaron Judge. Took all this time. They still haven't announced the official contract and signing of Carlos Correa. But in the middle of the night at 3 a.m., they had to strike the night before Aaron Judge gets named the 16th captain of the New York Yankees. I don't like that too much. I don't like how they did that. Other than that, I know no one really cares about college football, but the college football was great this weekend. TCU, Michigan, awesome game. Ohio State, Georgia, awesome game. And now it sets up for TCU, UGA in the national championship. UGA should win that. They should go back-to-back, back and it'll be the first college team to go back-to-back back since Alabama did it a decade ago, and then the rest of college football started to stand up and figure things out. Call me up. I know we're going to talk about DeMar Hamlin throughout the night. I just don't want the show to be uh, you know, all about that because I feel like, There's nothing we could do about that. There's not much more we can say about that right now. We spent 24 hours on it. I'd like to try and pick your spirits up. I'd like to try and focus on some other things. Sports is supposed to be a distraction from real life, but real life overtook sports last night. This is a sports talk radio station. There are sports fans that I know want to talk about their teams. The Rangers are on. I'm watching the Rangers right now in front of me. We can talk about... All sports, everything. And, of course, we will keep DeMar Hamlin in our thoughts, in our prayers, and we will speak on it. But I I cannot do a five-hour show just repeating the same things over and over again. We don't have any new information. If we do get new information, I will relay it. Keith McPherson on the fan, 877-337-6666. Call me up.
2: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
0: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. Be right back. Let it rip. Call the fan at 877 337 6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. Okay.
1: Tuesday night on the fan, KM to AM. You got me till 12 midnight. Taking your calls and talking sports, passing the time on a mild Tuesday night, warmer than it was a couple weeks ago. I'll take it. Can't complain about it. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to take these calls on DeMar Hamlin. I, I have taken in as much as I could read and watch on it. I feel like I'm well-versed in it. Um, but I just know that, you know, folks are driving or cleaning their house or in the gym, and uh, you got to switch it up a little bit. You know, I listened to the fan all day today, and, and last night I, I told you this story is gonna dominate radio, TV, newspaper, internet, wherever you get sports news. And it should. But also, life goes on. We did not lose a life. And I am happy that the NFL took action and they were able to save this young man's life. I, I commend them for what they did as far as postponing the game, getting him help, and uh, you know, saving this kid. A young man, 24 years old, second year in the NFL. It's, it's tragic. It's unfortunate. But at the same time, right, you still had to go to work today. I'm at work today. And we have to try to move forward. You know, uh, like I said, there's other things that we can talk about. And I will try and lead the way. It's it's tough, man. I, I was on till 2. And then I went home and I continued to read and watch. I couldn't go to sleep till about 4. I woke up, took my wife to work. And I was just, like, depressed. Depressed. I was just down. I went back to sleep from, like, I think, like, 10 to 1, which is like not like me. Luckily, I was able to do that because I don't have to come to work until 6 o'clock. But, like, I just was, was down, you know, foggy, uh, you know, sad day, right? After you see something like that and, uh, you know, everybody is connected, right? We're all human beings. We all have a life right now. So I think another important thing to say is it's a new year. We're three days into 2023. You know, everything happens for a reason. So maybe seeing something like that will motivate you to do something with your life. It'll motivate you maybe to hug the person next to you and cherish the lives you have around you because the lives you have around you because nothing is promised, man. This guy was out there doing his job, living his dream, playing in the biggest game of his young career. And now he's in a hospital bed. And we don't know if he's going to ever be able to be a regular human being or return to football, and none of that matters. We're we're praying that he pulls through. And uh, tonight I will take your calls on it. I just don't want the whole show to be on it. It's It's not positive. It doesn't make anyone feel good. And this is radio. This is free radio. This is entertainment. This is sports talk radio. There are other sports going on. There are other topics. So I will do my best to feed them in, and we know they are not bigger than this story. And I remind you again that I I did this show last night. I was the first one on at ten thirty, and I was on till two a.m. And I tried to talk about the Jets and the Giants, and we could not, and understandably so. It's the only thing that was on people's minds. We were expecting to see a Monday night football game. I anticipated that game the last two weeks, and nobody expected it to go that way. It's unfortunate. But like I said, life goes on. We did not lose a life. The young man did not lose his life. People did come to his aid, and uh, we got to try and move forward tonight. So 877-337-6666. I will plant a few more seeds before we get to the phones. I see, you know, these calls are going to go to DeMar Hamlin or NFL or safety or how do we prevent this. I I did that last night. We will do it again. But uh, this is a five-hour show. Um, I was on for a few hours last night talking through all those different things. Uh, So in the Yankee universe, for my Yankees fans that listen to me, we got some good news today. I don't know much about Brian Sabine. Maybe some of our older Yankees fans that listen are more familiar with him. But he's a World Series championship winner out there in San Francisco. And uh, he was with the Yankees 30 years ago. And he comes back to the Yankees, as an executive advisor to Brian Cashman. So for all you Brian Cashman haters out there, there's another guy. There's another voice. There's some more experience added to the room, added to the conversation and the decision-making. So I'm excited to see what comes. Maybe he can help the Yankees figure out left field. I've been trying to figure out left field for the last couple weeks. I'm thinking they're going to try and make a trade, but I also know teams don't want to help the New York Yankees out. They know the Yankees' situation. They're not trying to take Josh Donaldson off the Yankees' hands. They're not trying to take Aaron Hicks off the Yankees' hands. And if they make a trade with the Yankees to give them a left fielder, an everyday outfielder that can play out there, it's going to be a high price. It's going to be a ransom. going to be a Yankees' tax. And so we'll see if they figure that out or if they do it internally. And internally, obviously it's Hicks, Oswaldo Cabrera, Man, do I wish John Carlos Stanton could play the outfield, but I doubt that's going to happen. Estevan Floreal, I think we've seen enough of Estevan Florial that no one really thinks he's going to be the everyday option. But we still got time for that. It's the new year though. We're on our way, Super Bowl, pitchers and catchers, opening day. Other than that, the Red Sox They finally signed, uh, well, not finally signed, but they avoid arbitration with uh, Rafael Devers, who doesn't want to be there. One-year, $17 million deal. I don't think he's going to sign (laughs) long-term. Even though Jeff Passan reports, this does not stop the sides from reaching a long-term contract extension. But they got a deal done for this year. Also, former Met Dominic Smith signs with the Nationals on a one-year deal. Good for Dom. Hopefully he gets an opportunity to rock out there, hopefully gets a chance to actually play. And in the baseball world, we wait. This is a quiet time for baseball. This is, a, this is a, a little bit lighter on the baseball news, but I know here on The Fan we can talk baseball all day every day, so call me with your thoughts and your takes and your conspiracy theories and what you think is going to go on and what you think is going to happen. I'll certainly entertain it. I want to talk college football but I just know. I had a show last week we had someone call from Atlanta that said he, you know, he was tuning into the WFAN because down in Atlanta, I guess all of their hosts were off and I'm not sure what they were doing with their programming but he wanted to hear some talk about the college football playoff being that he's in Atlanta and Georgia's trying to go back to back and I I talked about it a little bit and he's like, "Yeah, you're the only one I heard talk about it." I'm like, "I'd love to talk about it, but it's not going to move the needle here in New York." Who, who would we really be rooting for? Like, if Rutgers someday makes it, I don't ever see Rutgers making it. Maybe with the expanded playoff, actually. Syracuse, maybe. But it's just not the type of thing that, like, we're writing home about. It's not the type of thing we're getting excited about. It's not the type of thing we're calling the station about because we don't really have a dog in it. And when I was looking at the four teams, I'm like, look where they're located. Georgia, Texas, Michigan, Ohio. It's like the heart of America really cares about college football. We care about professional sports here. And we also have double the amount of professional teams here. So it gets, you know, even more attention for hockey, basketball, baseball, football, professional sports than college ever will. And that's okay. I don't mind that. So, all right, I'm going to keep sprinkling in little things to get you guys thinking and get you guys to come in and uh, try and take this show Um, Anywhere it can go in the sports world. We obviously know what the number one story is, not just in sports, but in all of the world. I don't think there's one person that could ignore that story. We're not going to ignore it. Obviously, I told you I spent time on it last night. But I'd like to lift your spirits up. Last night was a rough show for me. It was hard to do. And I think tonight, from 7 to 12, we can mix in some other things as we talk around that. Keith McPherson on the fan. You know the number to dial. Let's go to Dean, who's in Queens first on the fan.
3: first time caller. Thanks yeah. for calling.
1: Um,
3: yeah, I'd like to talk about, Jamar. Um, listen, my mom died in 2019 from a cardiac arrest, and I saw when they gave her CPR, and she passed away at 82 in the hospital. And I feel my mom always tell me, it's not cold, but she did, you know, life goes on, Dean. And next day, I had to go back to work again. A couple of days later after we buried her, she died December 7th. They um, because to bring her back. She was 82 years old, I understand, but age don't mean a difference. And when she passed away, she would write, life do goes on. And um, I think it sounds cold, but we have to move on to other sports. And, and know my mom, she would not want me to lay down and die also. She also want me to move on in life. So I understand what you're trying to
1: say. It's not cold, but it's reality. I'm sorry for your loss. I've dealt with loss as well. Um, Yeah, your brother,
3: I understand. I've
1: I've, I've I've, I've shared that on here, but I've lost other people that I haven't talked about on air. Uh, That's just the Mm -hmm. closest one to me that, you know, really rocked my world. But um, I also said, you know, this young man is alive. He's in critical condition. He hasn't lost his life. And And I hope uh, he's Exactly. We're praying for him and we hope that he... Pulls through, but there's nothing that we can do to change the situation. In God's hands. That's right. It's in God's hands, yes.
3: Okay, thank you, Keith, for talking to you. You're doing a great job.
1: Thanks for the call, Dean. Appreciate it. Yeah, and you know what? Um, I heard Craig and Evan talking about it. You know, these people that are, like, searching for someone to blame or someone to point a finger at or to be negative or, or be police on what you can say or what you can do and don't – like, no, you can't do that, Right? Uh, On the internet, you can, and that's fake. That's a fake place. It's not a real place. You can't go to Twitter. You can't go to Facebook. You can go online and and log on there, but you can't actually live there. So, like, people's opinions hiding behind, um, you know, gray silhouettes or a picture of Pete Alonzo, like, save it, keep it. This is real. Dean is a real person. He just called the fan to share a story about his mother passing. I've shared my story about my brother passing. Damar Hamlin hasn't lost his life. We are praying for him. We all are concerned. We all are, are, you know, thinking about this story. But life does go on, and we do have jobs to do, and we do have other things to talk about. And, you know, like I said, the Rangers are playing right now. Uh, there's basketball games on. There are other things that, that happen, right? Donovan Mitchell dropped 71 points last night. And unfortunately for him, he wasn't going to be celebrated over that. Like, bad timing. Congratulations. Great win. Great personal stat and uh, accomplishment. But that's way on the back burner. All right, let's move on. We got a couple more calls, um, I think, with, you know, this Hamlin conversation and the NFL and safety and those type of things. But moving along here. Let's go to Young Scott. In Belmore, New York, on the fan. Hi, Keith. What's uh, up, I've
2: Scott? Wanted to, I wanted to ask you if you think that they're going to make any changes to their like safety equipment and their chest guards and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I, I think the NFL has been very proactive in the last, let's say, decade with player safety um, trying to take mm-hmm. certain hits out of the game, making different helmets. Like, I swear, when I was young, there was just the, the um, Riddell helmet. It was just one helmet. Yeah. And then I got older, and there was, you know, I think my senior year, I had a different helmet in high school, and then college, I had a different helmet. And since then, there's been 15 different kind of helmets. They are trying to make, you know, concussion-proof helmets. But right. the thing that I want to make sure that everybody realizes, and, like, I, I played football, and I'm not saying that to make it about myself, I've just i taken hits, I've tackled people, I've run into people, I've been concussed. This was a freak accident type of thing. And the way that DeMar Hamlin took that helmet to his chest, who knows if there's a better pair of shoulder pads that could have prevented it. I just think it was one of those things, like one in a million. And um, it's unfortunate, but I don't think the NFL now is going to say, okay, now we got to make sure everybody has – a certain type of chest plate under there. No, it's just it's just the way that it went. I talked about it last night. The way T. Higgins and he's a big dude, 6'4", like 215. Oh the way he was running vertically east and west, well, west at the time, he stuck his foot in the ground to get north. And when he went north, he was trying to protect himself, right? We hear a lot about defenseless yeah. receivers. He just put his head down. There's no flag on that play for him leading with his head. It just It's just one of those things, right? And uh, DeMar yeah. Hamlin was going to tackle him, and he tackled him up high. And it, it's unfortunate, yeah, it's, but I, I just don't think the NFL can change thing. it. You know, I don't think there's anything they can do with equipment or safety to prevent yeah. something like that. That's going to happen, uh, unfortunately, and we hope it doesn't happen ever again. Yeah. Okay, and thank you for taking my call. I've been listening to your show since your first show. I, I listen every
2: night, uh, like, before I go to bed, so...
1: I appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. And thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. You young boys know I appreciate you. You guys are my internet friends that I feel like have come to the radio. And some of you aren't even my internet friends. You just listen to WFAN in the car with your dad. And I'm the youngest host here. So maybe you connect with my voice and my lingo a little differently. I I appreciate you guys. I think I have said this a bunch on air. The. Uh, biggest surprise or the most rewarding thing that I wasn't expecting after my first year at WFAN and this started happening early was the reach um, and how many young people I've been able to reach and how many young people have called in and how many young people have wrote letters or DM me or you know, have started to listen to WFAN through the Odyssey app more. and uh, you know, when I first came into radio, you know, I'm a baseball guy and I and I've heard for years, oh, kids don't really like baseball, and I never thought that was true. And then when I came into radio, you know, people will say anything, but people are like, oh, kids don't listen to radio. Uh, and that's not true. We debunked that pretty quickly. So shout out to all the young guys. Like, I'm talking like 15 and younger that uh, you know, call WFAN and that rock with me and listen to my show. I appreciate you guys. I know there's some listeners that have been here for 35 years, and I appreciate you guys too, but These young people are the future. These young people are the future of the station. These young people are the future host. Maybe one of these young guys that's listening to me every night dreams of being on WFAN, and I hope I can inspire you, and you chase your dream, and you live it, too. Speaking of young guys, one of the first young guys, part of the Young Jedis, young Josh out in Passaic on the fan. What's up, my boy? What up to you, Keith? You know, uh, another night... Hosting and uh, trying to get through it. It's an unfortunate circumstance with what we all saw last night, but we got to try and move on. Right, and with the Giants. I don't know that's- if that's your phone, but, yeah, we got we to gotta get rid of Young Josh. Young Josh, I know you're listening still. I don't know, call back maybe without the Bluetooth or with better service, but that crackling started to get too loud, and I know somebody else out there felt that too. From Young Josh. To a little bit older, Josh, out in the Bronx. I'm I'm telling you, right on cue. Anyway, (laughs) I tried to
4: get a hold of you. I didn't even know you were on last night. I didn't even know what happened. I was sleeping. I awoke. Emmanuel Babari took my call. He had to explain everything to me. It was just unbelievable. But I'd like to talk about the nuts if I could for a minute. This is, you know, this is a fantastic run. I heard Evan earlier. What, the record is fifteen.
1: Yeah, they have a but, chance of getting there too. If you look at the uh, schedule, they they definitely have a chance to get there real soon. I'm so
4: seven eleven Kyrie and uh, oh man, it's what it's supposed um, to look
1: like, right? When you when you oh. hear that Kyrie and and Katie are signing with the Nets and coming to New York, <laughs> it, it took four years, but this is yeah. what what it was supposed to look like. Um oh.
4: I want to trade. Yeah, sure. Stay at home for a while. Brooklyn's your home. Yeah. Enjoy the season for now. But you know, I I just love listening to all the callers and everything and their stories and everything. As you said, you know, we've got we've got to turn the page. We've got we've got. There's more to life than just one thing. And, of course, our hearts go out towards this young man on the bills and everything. And, we'll, you know, case okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever it will be, will be. But I'm telling you, just it's in God's hands. You know, choose life, everybody, please. Thank you for taking my call, Keith. We're listening.
1: Thanks for the call, Josh. Josh is always solid. Uh, I didn't tweet out last night that I was going on air, so maybe Josh didn't see my tweet. He said he was sleeping, and, you know, I hope you were sleeping, too. I hope you missed that. It, it wasn't fun. It's terrifying. Um, I I said last night, in that game, um, number seven for the Bills, Teron Johnson went down, if you remember correctly. And Teron Johnson went down, and he was laying on his stomach, and he wasn't moving. And um, I don't know. I I feel like when someone gets hurt, like if, if, if someone gets hurt, now the medical team and the doctors they're they're alerted. So you know, when he went down in the first quarter, like right away, I feel like they were ready to jump to action and they they responded to him and then right after you see um, you see the next guy go down and it's just like, I don't know, that was a crazy game last night. They lose two guys quickly on the bills and they're already hurting in that secondary. They lost, I think Micah Hyde, and that's why De- Demar Hamlin has been starting these last few games, and he's been great for them. He he was leading them in tackles through like week twelve. Uh, I I hope what I really hope is that you all went and looked up this young man and what type of stuff he's into. Uh, that's that's uh, another layer that that hurts so much. This guy is trying to help kids. Uh, this guy no one no one has a bad word to say about him. Um, he's got connections throughout the NFL. He's only in his second year, but he's a Pittsburgh guy. Pittsburgh, Panthers, Steelers. I talked about how my guy Kenny Pickett played with him, and he posted right away. And that's one of the first things I said was, hey, this game can wait. This game can wait. This guy is a brother to a lot of these guys, not just his teammates, but other guys watching that played against him in high school. Julian Love called today, said he played against him. Like, I don't think... Folks realize when they're watching the NFL and there's 53 guys on each team and, you know, a a lesser known guy like DeMar Hamlin. I don't think people realize that like these guys are connected. There is a brotherhood. There is a common bond. And yes, they do run into each other full speed. They do tackle each other and taunt each other and, you know, trash talk. But all of that goes out the window as soon as someone needs help. All of that is erased as soon as someone is hurt or down like that young man was and um yeah i mean if if you missed it and you didn't watch it live good for you cuz it was it was scary as soon as as soon, as soon as he he made the hit and he got back up and then he just crumbled and as soon as i saw that i was like oh no this isn't good and a little bit of time went by and i started talking to pauly and i'm supposed to go on at 12 and i'm like i'm about to start packing my stuff up i think i'm i got to head in and he's like, yeah, it'd be best if you get here as soon as you can, sooner rather than later. And I'm waiting to see if they're going to postpone the game. But everything I was seeing online, I'm like, there's no way they could play the game. The game is getting postponed. I got to get in the car and head to the station and try and figure out some way to talk to everyone about what I just saw, which is traumatizing for me and not making it about myself. But, you know, when you're on the Internet, people are like, oh, don't make it about yourself. No one cares that you played football. Yes, it's a uh, important part of the story. If you played football and you were out there, whether you played Pop Warner, high school, college, pro, you understand what it's like to strap up that helmet and to step on that field knowing that, like, you could be carted off that field, knowing that you're going to get hurt. It's um, it's something for me that I got over early. I remember telling my mom at Pop Warner, it doesn't hurt. When I, when I finally got pads, I remember wearing my pads in the house, like, you know, as a kid, just like watching the NFL and then finally getting a helmet and shoulder pads and thigh pads and knee pads and then, you know, a girdle and you put your hip pads and your tailbone pad in. And I remember playing uh, Junior Pee Wee and getting tackled for the first time and not being in pain. So once I got over that, you know, I played all the way through college and I, I was concussed. I've, I've broken ankles and tore hamstrings and uh, broken my foot, stuff like that. But I, I can't imagine – being unconscious, I was never unconscious on the field, but I have seen some players be taken off the field in an ambulance, and it it wrecks everything. It wrecks everybody's day. You can't just go on. You can't just get to the next play. You, there's nothing else on your mind. It's scary. And now these NFL players who are all going through this, looking at number three on the Bills, saying, hey, that could have been me. All of these plays, all of this contact, all of – You know, these guys running into each other could have been any guy in the NFL. Now they got to be ready to go on Saturday. They got to be ready to go on Sunday because we're all crazy NFL fans. And there's a ton of people that are going to be watching. There's a ton of money. There's ticket sales. There's events. There's fantasy football. There's gambling. And you know the rest. And I think that, um, you know, freshly into 2023, as we get to another playoffs and Super Bowl God works in his ways. And that was just a chilling reminder of the blood sport, the war, the gladiator sport that football is that we all love so much. It is guys going out there, putting their lives on the line for our entertainment. 877-337-6666. Keith McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back after
0: this. Your official station to talk Knicks. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today.
1: Yo, yo, yo. A couple minutes here before the top of the hour break update. Keith McPherson on The Fan, KM to AM, five-hour show. We're in the first hour. Trying to talk about a few different things, but obviously uh, there's one thing dominating all of the headlines and stuff, and we'll move away, but I said I would give you any updates that I could find. Pauly found this update, and we were able to confirm it. So uh, from two different places, right? Uh, About an hour ago, a tweet went out from Josh Reed. Josh Reed is the sports director at W-I-V-B. See, that's another thing, too, with this internet stuff and Twitter, right? First thing I did was click on this guy's page to see if he was actually verified or if he bought his verified badge. He's actually verified, 16,000 followers, and he put out there at 646 that he just spoke with Demar Hamlin's uncle. Demar was originally on 100% oxygen and is now down to 50%. Says the family is hanging in there. He thanked Bills fans and Bengals fans. And asked for continued prayers. And then Paulie sent me a reporter, um, Cameron Wolf. Shout out to Cameron Wolf. I'm actually about to follow him right now. He's been doing a great job. And uh, my guy, Coley Harvey, shouted him out today for the great work that he's done. And Coley's been able to lean on him as they are out there covering this story. But um, he also doubled down on it and said, Just spoke with Dorian Glenn, DeMar's uncle, who said his nephew is on a ventilator. He's improved to 50% oxy- oxygen. Uh, needed after being at 100%. He's still sedated, but main focus is recovering to breathe on his own and healing lungs. So prayer works. People are praying for this young man. And also, he's 24 years old. He's an elite athlete. He's fighting for his life. And we have at least an update that he is breathing some, you know, breathing better some and and needing less, you know, not 100% of the breathing tube. 50%, 50% that's positive. That is um, an improvement and a step in the right direction. So a lot of people praying and thinking about this man and uh, you know, people showing up to the hospital. And, you know, I, I know he can feel that. I know that God is with him, and we just hope for more progress and more updates that show that he's making a recovery. And that's it. That's all we can do. And if anything else comes my way, I will relay it to you. But let's see if we can take another call here before we go to the next break and update my guy Jimmy in Jersey City. Yep, Jimmy, you're on the face. <laughs> my man Keith, how are you? Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year. I- I'm good, I'm good. Um, yeah, been been better, tough. been better. Obviously, my last two shows have, yeah. have you know been around this uh, tough subject.
2: Yeah, beautiful young man. i seen a few things on the TikTok about him, how he spoke, well-spoken kid, nice kid, the things he's – Doing with the toys and whatnot, and, you know, I was watching the game with my wife, and sad thing to see happen. Never, 58 years old, never seen nothing like that on the field before. Uh, kid, just letting listeners know, and you don't know if you ever know. Google the name Hayden, H-A-Y-D-E-N Walton, W-A-L-T-O-N, the 13-year-old Little League boy who was killed in 2011 by a hit pitch to the, ch- he was trying to bunt, he took a pitch to the chest, and he died because they didn't have a defibrillator on hand. And the next day he died. So people, it's not other things that people say on TikTok that this guy died from. He happened to take a blunt hit, caught his rhythm in between beats, like this little league kid. So look that up, Hayden Walton, and uh, you'll find out exactly what happened to this Yeah, I, just, this I just Googled
1: it. I I feel like I heard about this when it happened.
2: Yeah, you get a chance Googling. You know, this kid was only 13. I mean, Hayden, this other guy's 24. Very sad, two young kids. But uh, listen, Google that guy, the young kid, and see... So to get educated, but when trauma hits your heart, what can happen? If nothing else, it was just a bad hit that he took and stopped his rhythm. That's that's how the young man is where he is, and you know, God speeds the young man. Hey, Keith, I'm at work. I'll keep listening to you the rest of the day, but I have good night. Happy New Year, brother.
1: Thanks for calling, Jimmy. All right, Keith. Talk soon. Yeah, uh, again, I'll reiterate that, you know, this was one of those things. Yeah, you, you can't prevent it, and uh, there was no way to predict it. It was a normal football play, nothing dirty about it. it, just happened. And I think what it is, I think, you know, like I said, it's a reminder of what we're watching. Uh, a lot of people try to dehumanize athletes and players uh, like they don't have families, like they're not regular people like us. They they are regular people like us. They just happen to be extremely athletic and worked really hard to get to the level level that they're at. But they're not superhumans, right? They can't withstand a blow to the chest like that. Um it, it's unfortunate, but I don't think there's anything that the NFL should change. You know, listening to Carton and Roberts today and, and hearing conversation about uh, you know, like flag football or two hand touch, like me as a football player, like I I'll say this before we go to break. Like, they're they're gonna let these guys bang forever. Like they're gonna hit. They're you know, they're gonna try and make the game safer. They they change the kickoff. Like they 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 you know, put targeting into the game, but they're going to let these guys hit. And me as a football player when I was young, that that stuff didn't really exist. I grew up watching football on TV, wanting to be in the NFL, wanting to go to Florida State. And I, I just knew, I just, you know, very young knew. I used to play street football, literally no pads. Uh, I seen kids get tackled, crack their head open on the concrete. And it's just like, you know, in the in the late 90s, early 2000s, it's like, get up, be tough, be a man. And uh, I don't think the NFL, right, an $18 billion company, uh, I don't think they're ever going to go to two-hand touch or flag. Maybe some of those leagues will emerge and rise, right? I know a lot of people, like I played at Good Sports in Wall Township in a flag football league that was really competitive. It was a bunch of washed-up football players that were playing really hard. But the NFL game? is always going to be tackle football, and we're always going to watch. And we just pray and hope that something like this never happens. But we've seen the Ryan Shaziers and the Kevin Everett's, and there's a bunch of other names. Um, even just this year when when you saw Tua on his back and uh, his fingers going the other way, like, it's scary. But that that's the risk that these players accept. And uh, for me, I knew that football was my way out. For me, I knew that if I was good enough at football – I could get a scholarship, I could go to college, and if I was good enough in college, maybe I could go to the league. I learned pretty quickly in college that I wasn't NFL quality, I was NFL level, but I was in college where I could get a degree and advance my career through that, right? Football was a ticket to me, uh, it was a vehicle to me, and I didn't care about pain, I didn't care about getting hurt, I accepted that risk, and all of these guys accept that risk, when they... Strap up their chin straps and they put their mouthpieces in. They they know what time it is and it, it's rough. It is a gladiator sport. It is physical, but uh, I don't expect to see the NFL like you know take hitting out of the. It's it's a fundamental part of the game. It's a rough game, um, but they hit hard in hockey. They they hit harder in UFC, and we're going to continue to see these sports and eat them up, and they're going to make money. It just is what it is. It's unfortunate that this happened to this young man, but we pray that he makes a recovery, and I guarantee you, you see NFL games this Saturday and Sunday with a bunch of hard hits. Keith McPherson on the fan. Let's take this break now and hit the update.
0: I'll be right back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be, heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one...